This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Oh, that's funny. I remember asking my daughters about Justin's music, and they're like, who's that? And I'm like, Timberlake. And they're like, who is that? That's old people music. I'm like, oh, no, it's happened. It's happened. Oh, well, hey, I'm so excited we get to start with this series that we're going to spend the next four weeks in and, and, and taking a look at some things that I think God has for us and the story that has been recorded for us. And, and before we jump in, I just I wanted to ask you a question about your life, kind of your story. And, and it's kind of a simple question, but have you ever just kind of longed for something more than life as you found it? Have you ever just desired for adventure or, or something to happen, like something to take place that would just kind of forever change the course of your life. Like, like, I love the stories that do that. Like, some of my favorite stories have moments that forever change the destiny of the characters. So, like, Luke comes home to the family farm that's been decimated, and, and it forever changes his, his life. And so he suddenly now takes a step to go confront his soon-to-be-discovered father and dismantle an empire. I love that story. Not just because I'm a nerd. It's a good story. Or like Neo just can't shake the fact that there's something wrong with the world as it is. And he's heard of this thing called the Matrix and he wants to discover it. And, and he takes the red pill and he wakes up to reality. And, and it's shocking and terrifying, yet he realizes he's got a course to change things for the human race. Or I love that moment when Francis steps up to dance because nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> right? Man, I love these stories. I love them so much because there's something in me that wants more than, than just to live like a ho-hum, mediocre life. Like, like I, I, I want a life that, that's, that's going to matter, that's going to count. I don't want just a dash in between the dates of my life on my tombstone someday. I want more than a dash. How about you? Yeah, I, I think there's something in all of us that longs for that, and, and it longs for that defining moment where... Where somehow, somewhere like the heavens part, God shows up and he calls us into our destiny. And see, I, I think there's something that, that is true for us that we don't always realize because we're just kind of living life with our blinders on. But, but here's something I think is totally true. That, that there's a story that God is telling. And he wants to tell his story through our lives. It's amazing because he doesn't need us to do that. But somehow he says, I want to use you. I want to find you and, and bring you into the story that I'm telling. And, and it's such a, such a cool thought to me that, that God would actually want to do that with us. Like, I don't know what grade school is like for you, but I remember when it's time to go out to recess and they're picking the teams and you line up on the fence. That was a terrifying moment for me because I was small. I wasn't fast. I wasn't strong. And my only hope was, please don't let me be the last one picked. Let it be Tommy, not me. And so to think the idea that we would line up on the fence and first round pick, I would hear God say, I want you on my team. How incredible is that idea? It's so cool. Until you realize that maybe what God wants to call you into isn't what you want so much. Like, I don't know if you've ever experienced that or wrestled with that. Like, what, what do you do when the game that God wants to call you into is not the game you wanted to play? Like, I thought we were going to play soccer, and God's like, no, we're playing dodgeball, and here comes the ball. Get ready. Right? You're like, wait, what? <laughs> or wait, what do you do when his story and your story are not in sync? 
I mean, who's really leading us in life in those moments? You see, there's a story that we've been given that I think can help us kind of sort this out, to, to figure out how to sync up our lives with God in those places in our life where maybe we're wrestling with that. Whether you've been follower of Jesus for a long time or you just stepped in today and you're like, I don't know what's going on, but I, I think there's something we can learn from this story. It's a pretty famous story and and it's actually a, a counterexample because this story shows us what a life out of sync looks like. And I think there's things that we can learn from the story of Jonah to help us in our own story today. And, and so we're going to dive into this and spend a few weeks unpacking it to see what we can learn, what we can learn about God and his heart for people and what we can learn about us and, and is our heart beating in rhythm with his or are we doing our own thing? And, and so let's jump in. Are you ready to jump into this? All right. So Here's how the story of Jonah begins. It begins with this. It says that the Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. Okay, let's pause here just for a minute. This is Jonah's destiny moment. God shows up and says, Jonah, I choose you and I have an assignment for your life. And what a fun-sounding assignment. I want you to go to the city that you don't belong to, these people, and I want you to pronounce my judgment. And now I have to pause here because I'm like, God, what's up with that? Because, like, you know, you're supposed to be loving and, and, and all this stuff, and so you want to send Jonah to go and pronounce judgment against a group of people. And, and I think we, we can wrestle with that, with this idea of a God who would actually bring judgment into a context. And and I, and I think we struggle with that in our modern times. Back in that day, they had no problem with this because do you know what Nineveh was to people like Jonah? Nineveh was the Nazis. N N Nineveh was like a very, very corrupt, broken people. Like when Nineveh would go and conquer another people group, they would take the leaders and they would flay them in, alive in front of everyone to say, guess who's in charge now? These are not people you want moving into your neighborhood. And, and, and so here's God saying, Jonah, I need you to go to them because I want to use you to tell a story. And you, you need to bring some judgment. And yet my judgment is simply stop. Now, here's the thing that I think we wrestle with that. If, if you've ever been in a position where you've been beaten down, abused, bullied, what you want is somebody who is really strong and really good to come and stand up with you and say to that bully a simple word, stop. And that's what God is saying to Nineveh, I, I need you to stop this because this isn't who I created you to be and this isn't good. And we see that God's judgment is actually a good thing that we would need, but that we would want in moments like that. And it's a strong statement, stop, because the implication is, or else, right? Which again, you want that person who's going to stand up for you to do that. And so, so Jonah, here's what I want you to do. So great, God, that you called me to do this. And so here's Jonah's response. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away, not from Nineveh, to get away from the Lord. And he went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. Try to say that. That's a fun word. And he bought a ticket, went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by selling to Tarshish. I'm going to get away from this. This is like the end of the world in Jonah's day. I'm running. I don't want any part of this. Because who wants to be that guy? who gets to go and do a very unpopular thing that will probably get you killed. And so Jonah's like, not for me, God, I'm out. And yet God doesn't give up on Jonah because God wants to tell his story through Jonah's life. And so God's going to pursue Jonah. And it's going to be a pretty intense game of tag. But the Lord 
hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this, he shouted. Get up and pray to your God. Maybe he'll pay attention to spare our lives because our gods aren't doing anything about this. So if you've got a God, you better start praying because it's not going well. You know how you are on a plane and you hit turbulence? And you know how you can tell if you're in trouble or not? You look at the flight attendants, right? If he's just rolling down the cart, passing out drinks, you know it's good. But if you see the captain running for the back and she's got a parachute on, you know it's a bad turbulent moment, right? So here's these sailors, professionals, and they're in a panic, and they're like, what's going on? And they find Jonah sleeping below deck, which tells you something about where Jonah's at in this moment in his life. Because when you're running away from your destiny, you just don't care about life a whole lot. It just loses its luster. And so he's in this funk in this moment when adrenaline should be spiking and people should be freaking out. And so they're trying to figure out what's going on. And so the story continues. Then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused the terrible storm. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Wouldn't that be cool if we could have stuff like that that would just say, oh, you're the one who's tanking the company, right? That'd be so helpful. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) we need to fire you. And so they, hey, why is this awful storm come down on us? They demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? Like, we really didn't check your passport when we let you get on the boat. Like, what's going on? And so Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord. You know, the God of heaven, like the God of all gods, that's the one I worship. He's the one who made the sea and the land. So all that's going on, that's my God that's causing it. And so they're kind of like, uh... (laughs) So the sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? They shouted. So the subtext is, why did you bring us into this? Thank you. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to you to stop the storm? How do we appease your God? And Jonah's answer was this. Throw me into the sea, he said. And it will become calm again. I know this terrible storm is all my fault. And again, catch this. Jonah knows that this is God trying to get his attention. And yet, instead of giving in and saying, God, maybe you can work. Maybe I got to learn something. Maybe you're going to show me something about what you want to do. Instead of giving in to what God's trying to do, Jonah just says, I'm giving up. Kill me. I'd rather die than give in to what God wants to do in my story. I mean, he's in a dark place. And the amazing thing about these sailors is they're, they're, they obviously have some sense of character and integrity because they're going to do everything they can to save the ship. And so instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to the land. But the stormy sea was too violent for them, and they couldn't make it. And then they cried out to the Lord. Who are they praying to all of a sudden? They're not praying to their gods anymore. They cry out to the Lord, to Jonah's God. Oh, Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin. He's the problem, not us. And don't hold us responsible for his death. Oh, Lord, you have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons. Whatever this is, it's between you and him. And we, we figure you, you probably have it figured out. He doesn't. So we're about to do what he said. Please don't hold it against us. 
Then the sailors picked up Jonah and threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped at once. And the sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. And then that's the end of the first chapter. One more verse, but we'll look at that next week. But Oh, no, if this was a Netflix show, you know it would stop right here. This way, we, we'd have to binge watch this. Like, what's happening next? It's 11 o'clock. I, gotta, I don't care. Next episode. Come back next Sunday. It'll be good. But here's the deal. This is not simply some story that, that is meant to be like, oh, cool, or, or, or something. There's something in the story that, that I think can really reveal some things to us about our own story, that can reveal some things to us about God and how he wants to work in our lives. And, and see, Jonah's story, I think it re- reflects a tension that we can all feel whenever God shows up in our lives. And here's the tension. What do you do when God calls you to something you don't want? What do you do? And now you might be reacting to that in a, in a couple of different ways. Like, like someone out there might be reacting to that statement in this way. What do you mean? God would never call me to something I don't want. God just wants me to be happy. God's all about my right now happiness. Oh, my friend. Have you read the book? Have you read how God chooses to work in the lives of the people that he wants to call into his story? Because yes, God is concerned about our happiness. He's concerned about our ultimate happiness. So much so that he will sacrifice our right now happiness so we can achieve it. And so if you think God's primary concern is your right now happiness, you you might want to spend some time asking him to show you who he is and what he wants to do in your ultimate story. But I think some of you might be reacting to the statement in a very different way. This idea that what do you do when God calls you to something you don't want? You, you might be saying to yourself, God has never done that. God, God has never called me into anything. Like, like that just sounds like it's for the super saints or whatever, what you're talking about. God, God wanting to work in my story? No way. God has never called me to that. And yet I would say to you, are you sure? Are you sure about that? Because if God has never called you in anything, why are you here today? What, 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 what were you hoping for in coming here? I mean, were you just checking a religious box, or were you, were you hoping that maybe something would happen? That maybe in some way God would, God would show up and, and stir something new in your life and in your story? I mean, here's my hunch, and, and you know, you got to weigh this, but my, my, my hunch is that God's been stirring something in you. And you might not have been able to, oh, maybe identify it immediately, because again, we're waiting for like, oh, a moment, and and I think that's God works in some stories in that way. But I think a lot of times the way God works is this. Hey. Hey, you. And, and it just feels like there's something missing. And I'm trying to figure out what it is. Or it's like this itch I can't scratch. But I know there's more. And, and it's always fun when you're on a journey of discovery where where. You're trying to figure out, is, is God real and what God's doing? And, and the idea of this person, Jesus, maybe being the one who can scratch the itch, you're like, I don't know about Jesus. I've, I just don't know. And yet, I can't shake the fact that something's, something's missing and I'm looking for something. Let me tell you, that might actually be God at work in your story today, saying, I've got something for you. And, and yet, I think we can still wrestle with this because maybe once upon a time, God did show up in your story. 
Like maybe God showed up in a big way and, and picked you up from whatever broken mess you were in and said, I've got a life for you. I love you. Let's go. And he redirected the course of your whole life. And that was an awesome moment. But that was back then. And it just doesn't seem like God's been doing anything now. It just seems like God's gone silent. Or has he? Because again, maybe God has been at work in your story with those gentle nudges, that, that quiet whisper. And maybe you just haven't been listening or maybe you've been resisting. Can I say that? Like maybe God's been working on something in your relationships and how you've been treating the people in your family or the people around you and he's been trying to say something to you, don't be a jerk. And you're like, but I'm right. <laughs> or maybe God's working on your career path wanting to stir something new that you would take a step into something he has for you, but it's scary because you're comfortable here and God's like, hey, there's more to life than comfort. Or maybe God's just working on you in the area of generosity, like, like you can't shake Angie's talk from last week. And you're like, no, 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 I don't. Like it comes to your mind, you ever do that? Like, la, la, la. Yeah, that's God trying to get a hold of you. <laughs> and see, I, I think... That those moments, whether it's that beginning moment with him or the ongoing moments in our story, like those are the moments that create a tension within us. And see, this was the tension we see in Jonah in this moment because his moment was revealed. In, in his moment, this, this running away from God, it revealed a disparity between him and God. Hey, God, we are not on the same page on what you want to do in my life or my story. And I think if we're willing to be honest... Our moments like that can also reveal that same disparity where we're, we're, we're actually out of sync with God, with what he wants to do in our lives. And, and here's, what we do, here's what that disparity is all about. What do, what do you do? What do you do when you realize that you and God are not on the same page? What do you do when you realize that you're out of sync with him? I'm not going to put this on you. I'm going to say this is me, so you can decide if it resonates with you or not. But oftentimes, this is what I want. I want a life that feels good. I want a life of comfort. I want a life of luxury. I want Friday, which was sunshine all the time. You know, I, I want approval of people. So thanks for laughing at me this morning, or hopefully with me, but thank you because, you know, but that's the life that I want. And you know, oftentimes what I find is so often God's like, Joel, I'm, I'm far less concerned with you feeling good. What I want for you is a life that is good, a life of substance. A life that matters, a life of impact. And I, I wrestle with that because I grew up in a culture, I've grown up in a culture that says it's all about your white picket fence happiness. It's called the American dream. And that's not always in line with what God wants to do because I think sometimes God is sell it all, cash in, and let's go. Tim Keller, he's an author, pastor. He says this in his book, Every Good Endeavor, this tension that we, we, we feel with modern culture. He says this, he goes, modern culture defines the happy life as that of a life that is going well, full of experiential pleasures. While to the ancients, that means the really, really old people back then, the happy life meant that life is lived well, with character, courage, humility, love, and justice. And how many of you would love that on your resume? I am a person of character and humility, of love and justice. I don't think there's any of us who would say, well, that stuff's stupid. <laughs> I think we'd all say, yes, please. But here's the challenge. Living that kind of life is not necessarily an easy life. Living that kind of life is a life that will challenge our comfort and our right now happiness, that will challenge our 
mediocrity in order to embrace something bigger, greater, better. And see, when God calls you into his story, you've got a choice to make. When he wants to tell his story through your life, we, we really have one of two choices. We can embrace the call or we can run away. That's kind of as simple as it gets. We can say, okay, God, I'm in. I'm with you. I'm freaking out if I'm just going to be honest. This is scary and terrifying, but I trust you. I've seen you do so much in my story, so let's go. Or we can say, no way. I'm out. Forget it. Not for me. And the tragedy of that second choice is that if we run away, we will actually miss out on what God wants to do. We'll miss out on what God wants to do, not, not just through our lives. We'll miss out on what God wants to do in our lives and in our story. We'll miss out because in that moment when we choose to settle for mediocrity, we actually begin to run into obscurity, just like Jonah was running into obscurity. And the reason we're running into obscurity is because we've seen a glimpse of something that God wants to do that just seems so good and incredible, even though it freaked us out. And that view has forever ruined our ordinary life. And you can't live an ordinary life when God shows up. That's why we got to fill it with stuff that keeps us distracted. And we're chasing after something, and God's like, I want to give it to you. Just run with me. Walk with me. Look what I want to do. And see, I think there's something that we need to realize. That when we run away, we actually miss out on the story. Because here's the deal. God wants to tell his story through your life. And he's going to tell his story with or without you. He will. Because through Jonah, God had a destiny for him. Through Jonah, he wanted to use Jonah to go and turn people back to him. He wanted him to go to Nineveh and through Jonah remind Nineveh of who they were actually created to be, not what they were doing, in the hopes that they would turn back to God and Jonah would get to be a part of that story. But instead, Jonah ran, and yet God still did that very thing through him. What happened to the sailors on the boat? Who were they praying to when the storm broke? Whose gods were they praying to? Did you remember? We just read it like five minutes ago. Yeah, all right. Whose store? Who were they praying to? Their gods. And then they encounter Jonah and his God, and suddenly, who are they praying to? The God. Then the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped at once, and the sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Could you imagine what that worship service moment was like? And yet, where's Jonah? He's overboard. He's missing out on all of it. But God's still telling the story through him. And yet, I, I, so I wonder how many moments have I missed because I ran? And how many moments have you missed? I see, Jesus came into this world. He came into the story not so that we would miss out, but so that we could step into life to its fullest. I mean, listen to what Jesus said that he came to do. John 10.10. 10. Jesus said this. He says, I have come that they might have a little bit of life, and I hope it goes well for them. <laughs> Is that what it says? No, what does he say? I have come that they may have life and have it to the what? To the full. Like filling up, overflowing. That's the life he wants to lead us into. Jesus did not come to offer us new life with him so we would miss out on what he wants to do. 
You have a destiny. I have a destiny. We have a destiny. And we step into it when we follow after him and say, okay, help me. Help me figure this life out. Do what you need to do in me and through me because I want to step into the story that you have for me. And here's one way that you can tell if you're walking into your destiny or not. Do you feel like you're coming alive more and more? Or are you bored? Bored with your story? Bored with church? Because let's be honest, church can get boring sometimes. And the problem isn't with this thing that God created. The problem was with us if church is boring because we've just opted to show up and sit down instead of step up and step in. And man, what is God doing in your life, in your story? And see, if you're bored today, is it possible? Just consider this. Is it possible that you've run from something God's been wanting to do? Is that just a possibility? And see, if you want to, to experience life to the full, then you've you got to begin to say, Jesus, what do you have for me? Give him your yes long before he tells you what it is. And then step into it. Because let me tell you, you were created for so much more than whatever boredom you're finding yourself in right now. And so the way we step into it is we say, okay, I want to be a part of it. If you want to find your identity, then respond. Respond when God shows up. Respond when God stirs something in you. Respond when he nudges you in the relationships around you. Or go back, go back in your story. Because even right now as I'm talking, some of you know exactly what that moment was you ran from. Go back and say, God, can you awaken that for me? Or at least give me a new opportunity. And he will because he's a God of a thousand chances. And say, God, bring me back into your story. I don't want to miss this. Because there's a story that God is telling and he wants to tell it through you. If you will respond to him. So what is God stirring in you today? What's that thing inside of you that you just feel like God is moving and, and, and to say yes is going to step into life with him? And what's the fear that's holding you back right now? Because fear will give us all kinds of excuses. Maybe this is your excuse. I'm just too young. I'm too young right now. I got to figure out my life and my career. I got to finish school. I got to get it all buttoned up and buttoned down. Let me tell you, as a guy in midlife who might be crisising, I don't know yet, but I bought an electric scooter the other day, so we'll see what that means. <laughs> if you say when I'm older, you will always say when I'm older. You are never too young to step into the story God wants to tell through your life. David, Mary, those were teenagers who changed their world because they said yes. But some of us have the other problem, and I know because I'm looking at some of you right now. <laughs> I'm too old. I'm just too old. That ship sailed. Let me tell you when you're too old. When you're dead. As long as there is breath in your lungs, you can step into the story God wants to tell through you. Because sometimes the most epic thing you can do is to give your kindness to another person. You're not too old. You're never too old to step into the story God wants to tell through your life. Maybe some of you are here and you're saying this, like, I kind of like some of what you're saying. I don't know if I buy all of it. I, I'm just in a place right now where I'm, just, I'm still trying to figure out the God and faith thing and this Jesus thing. I, I'm, just, I'm still deciding. Cool. 
be on the journey with us. You are welcome to be on the story because we're all figuring it out together. But I want to tell you, there's going to come a point in your story where you're going to have to make some kind of a decision, even if it's just a decision to take one step closer to Jesus. Because what, what can happen is we can, in the name of seeking, we can just put ourselves in a posture of I'm still deciding and no decision actually becomes the decision. And let me tell you, if you're, if you're afraid, well, what will this mean? Will I become somebody weird? I, I don't know. You might already be weird, so don't worry about it. But, <laughs> but Jesus doesn't want to make you weird in the weird sense. He wants to make you weird in the most beautiful sense, where you actually become the person you were created to be. But you're not going to really discover that until you just take a step towards him and say, Jesus, would you show me a little bit more of you? And in seeing you, show me me and who you want me to be. Maybe this is your excuse. I, I just have too much to lose right now. Like, life is going well. I got my business started. If I were really to take Jesus seriously, I would just have too much to lose. Can I just talk to you rather bluntly right now? No, you don't. You're going to lose it anyways. Do you realize that? Like, there's a rip coming in your future. So if you're going to lose it anyways, why don't you lose it for something that matters? Lose it for something that will actually bring gain into your future. And then Jesus said, if whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. So if you're going to lose it anyways, why don't you leverage that loss for something that matters? And then another excuse I think that we sometimes say is this, I would love to, but I just have too much mess in my story. There's too much hurt, too much pain, too much brokenness that I've caused and experienced. And can I just tell you, if that's you, now, welcome to the party. <laughs> welcome to the church of the beautiful mess. And you know why we're a beautiful mess? Because he loves us. And we are his mess. And he is really good at cleaning stuff up. Like, really good. If you've got mess in your story, guess what? That, that's just like the cover page to the resume. In fact, if you don't have mess in your story, I don't know why you're here because it's really only messed up people that need Jesus. <laughs> if, if you don't have any mess in your story, like, friend, go. Live your life. It's awesome. I mean, Jesus still loves you, and you'll probably figure out you got mess, but I'm just saying, like. <laughs> but if you're worried that there's just there's too much, there's never too much. Because when Jesus went to that cross, he covered all of it and then some. So don't let mess hold you back. Let his love transform your mess into something beautiful so that his story can resonate through your life. And you can stand in front of people and say, look at me, not because I'm great, but I know someone who's really good with people like me. I think he can help you too. See, don't miss this. Don't miss this. God wants to tell his story through your life. And that begins the minute we step into new life with him. And that continues every step of the way that we follow him and keep saying yes to him and saying, whatever you want, wherever you want me to go, whatever you have for me, I'm in because that's where my life is. It's with you. And wherever you go is where I find life. So Jesus, lead me. I will follow. And see, that's our destiny is to respond when he calls. And if we as his church will give him our yes, 
we will step more fully into our destiny in this county, in this city, in this part of our state. Because we will say, yes, Jesus, and where he leads, we will go. And we will look around us someday and say, how did all these people get here with us? And the answer is because he's been calling them the whole time. And all we had to do was step into the story. And so God, thank you that you tell stories of guys that go overboard. So we could know what not to do. And yet, God, I, I know it's not always easy to give you a yes. Because, man, you call us to things that freak us out. And yet you never freak us out to freak us out. You freak us out because you want to lead us into something more. And so this week, would we have a posture towards you that says, what do you have? Would we have an openness towards you that would say, would you stir? I'm, I, I want to give you my ears. I want to give you my eyes. So teach me to hear. Teach me to see. And when you put something in front of me, God, I'm going to move towards it because that's where life is. And so, God, we want to be a church that says yes and steps into the story you have for us. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.